Exorcist Podcast. I'm your host, G.P. Haggard. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to like and to subscribe. And uh, get that little bell on there also. Like some people say, smash that like button. (laughs) Uh, So thank you for listening. Um, I do these, if you're new to this, I do this uh, podcast uh, for, for teaching purposes to help paranormal investigators to understand demons more and what they are, to help new Christians or pastors to understand exorcism and to uh, teach them how to do it and what to expect and what to know. Um, And also for you out there that are are listening that uh, just are curious about demons and exorcism, just exactly what goes on and what it's like and uh, what we do as exorcists. Now a lot of uh, <coughs> now a lot of de- denominations do exorcism differently. The Catholics have the ritual Romanum, more specifically the uh, uh, exorcism in certain supplications. And they have um, what Protestants would call a heathen prayer, which they would pray repeatedly until the demon uh, is gone. And uh, when we read scripture, the uh, we we uh, understand and and uh, I believe it's in Psalms that God doesn't listen to heathen prayer. You know that kind of repetitional prayer or prayers that people have written down and uh, you you pray them repeatedly. What God with the type of prayer, real quick, you know, I'll try to help you. The prayer that God listens to is one that comes from the heart. And it is, it is emotional. It is straight from the heart. It doesn't necessarily have to be emotional, but it does have to be uh, included with the, the the fruits of the spirit, which God outlined or Paul outlines in Galatians chapter five. You know, love is involved. Um, uh, goodness, righteousness, um, peace. 
uh, all those for traits of the Holy Spirit. Like the type of prayers that God doesn't hear is like, let's say you want something bad to happen to somebody, and <clears throat> God's not going to answer those prayers. Guarantee it. Um, this is a good example of the type of prayer that God looks for when it's applied to your enemy. I remember a while back when I was working in the printing industry and I had this supervisor who was just really rude to me and just felt like he was always coming against me. And I, uh, and the thing about it was he, I knew he wasn't happy at his job. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, like, okay, how am I going to pray for this guy to go away? How can we get rid of him? And but I wanted I knew that God wasn't just gonna get rid of him. You know, if I prayed from a standpoint from the flesh, from my flesh, the desires of the flesh. And so I had to deep I had to find some sort of love for this guy. And so what I did was I sat down and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pray that my supervisor <coughs> gets a better job something that he loves to do and and so every time I drove to work and I drove back home I prayed for him every day like God Heavenly Father please give so-and-so I gotta mention his name a, a great job send him to a job that he's going going for he's going to back to school for IT and he, that's what he wants to do and I know that he's not happy in his job please Lord please give him a better job something where he can be happy and spend more time with his family I ask this in Jesus name <clears throat> and you know what I prayed that prayer every day for this guy and it was heartfelt because I found something that was able to you know have some love for him and a miracle happened one day I came into work and he had put in his two weeks notice he had found a job at the local university in the area doing IT work and not only that but everybody around the department felt that it was a conflict of interest that he was supervising his wife his wife was on the same working the same shift as he was and that's how they met too was working in the same uh, same company they got married and they had a beautiful child well, lo and behold, she had found another job at another printer down the road. And they were both leaving. They had both at the same time put their two weeks notice in and they were both leaving. And so it was, so you pray right, God will answer that prayer. And then some and he will even add to it. So that's something to think about. I want I want you guys to think about 
Um, you know, when you, even when you're doing deliverance, that every time you're praying, you pray right. It's heartfelt prayer with love, peace, joy, peace, you know, all those fruits of the Spirit. And it's genuine. God is going to answer that prayer and then some. He's going to even include more into it. Just That's just what I've witnessed as, as, a, as a believer. Now, this podcast is uh, a very important one because I'm going to talk to talk to you out there about the number one spirit, the number one de- demon that most exorcists encounter. And it is a nasty one. And not only that, but it shows the, the times. This demon is the demon of the current times. And <clears throat> so usually when a demon comes about and uh, is, more, is more dominant in the world and exorcists, pastors, priests are noticing it, we know that it's the sign of the times. And <clears throat> probably more recently, at the turn of the century, this demon has really come about and become the strong man in most exorcisms. The strong man means that the person, that the, the demon that is right on top, the main upper, the main evil spirit that is dominating all the other spirits in the evil hierarchy, in, uh, in the uh, or the order of evil that is going on in a person, place, or thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, the uh, I'll read this verse here. Uh, this comes from Revelation chapter two, verse twenty. And this is Jesus speaking. But I have this against you. This is part of the letters to. Uh, that we read about to the churches in in Revelation. I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. So, the number one demon that exorcists are dealing with right now is the Jezebel spirit. Now you're probably asking yourself, what is the Jezebel spirit? Well, this is the sign of the times. It's connected to Revelation. It is a spirit that has been formed by, well, there is basically two theories about this Jezebel spirit that's going on in deliverance ministry. And the first one is, and it's well known, and it's more believed, is that uh, Jezebel, Jezebel spirit is something that had broken off from the Lilith spirit. And when Jezebel, the Queen Jezebel from First Kings, Second Kings, was uh, more profound, that uh, 
the Lola spirit had connected to her broke off into forming a another type of uh, into another form of a, of a Lola spirit uh, becoming a, Je a Jezebel. Um, it really gets complicated, but what more the um, the Jezebel? What more the um, about Jezebel? Uh, the Holy Spirit has led me toward is the other theory that uh, Jezebel had uh, now to set this up more the northern tribes of Israel are are lost the Assyrian Empire had come in had taken over the area had brought out all the Israelites the other northern tribe while the Jews were in the southern tribe now a lot of pastors like to preach that the northern tribe of Israel were Jews as well but they never called themselves Jews they called themselves Israelites and they had the rights to the name of Israel and so the, the southern kingdom of Judah and later Judea were made up of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin and Levi uh, also remained so there's actually three tribes and so in a whole you could necessarily say that there's 13 tribes of Israel but it gets a little complicated when you talk about the tribe of Joseph because the tribe of Joseph split into two tribes uh, when Jacob had adopted uh, Joseph's sons uh, Manasseh and Ephraim and so there are, so Ephraim became kind of like the, the promised tribe, the kingly tribe in the north and the northern tribe of Israel, tribes of Israel, and the southern tribe of Ju Judah and later Judea, the, uh, the tribe of Judah was the kingly tribe in which Jesus, of course, came through, was born in. And so the northern tribes were scattered throughout the world. Uh, the theory is is that the the Syrians came in, took over the northern tribe, went into Samaria, the the capital city, and took out everything of uh, uh, took all, uh, rooted out all the tribes, the ten tribes, and brought them back to what we, where the region that we know as you know, Ukraine today, and. From there, had scattered them throughout the rest of the world. They just left, and um, it is believed that you know, those who study the tribes, me included, that they have became the the Celts, Germanic people, um, Scandinavian people, and uh, some other tribes had went around uh, scattered throughout the world. And so the, the current tribes today, some are in Africa, Asia, predominantly in Europe, and North America and South America. And basically they're us today. They had mingled in with other peoples and had, uh, and so we, the, the other the tribes are us today. Now Jesus said in the Gospels that, I did think not that I don't come, I come for the, basically the Jews, I come from the, for the, the lost children of the house of Israel. And, 
what he's talking about is those he's come when he came the first time he came for the lost tribes and which after he died and was resurrected and the church was born on the day of Pentecost the uh, apostles had scattered themselves throughout the world and to try to find these tribes and basically preach to everybody because everybody uh, wound up basically becoming the lost tribes of Israel and they're you and I today um, so like a great great example is you know some peoples even actually know who they are uh, the people of Denmark they're called the Danish and some believe that they're from the tribe of Dan um, some even believe that the Irish are from the tribe of Dan and that harp uh, that they have as a symbol of Ireland is believed to be a representation of the lyre, the harp that that David played um, when helping King Saul to uh, be soothed of his evil spirit. So those are just great examples. So what the Holy Spirit has led me to know about the Jezebel spirit and how it came about was she's the queen she was always the queen of Israel she is the queen of the north the north the, the, the northern tribe tribes the ten tribes and so when she was queen and doing all the evil that she was doing she was manipulating archetypes and because she was also using witchcraft had brought about uh, when she died, her her spirit had went into the people of Israel. Um, her the the not necessarily her spirit, but what she had, the imprint that she had created had went into the uh, people of Israel. And over time, because though if you know anything about demons, they want all the future generations, and so when when they she, because she had authority over the tribes of Israel, she, her imprint went into the, each and every every person, and then their children, and then their children's children, and then their children's children, and so on and so on. So, in essence, the Jezebel spirit can help us even to know the type of people. Uh, you actually help to find those people that are lost of the lost tribes. So if you have a Jezebel spirit, chances are you're a descendant of the lost tribes. So this spirit is very nasty. I have encountered the Jezebel spirit, and it, she is very tough. And she, when she first comes forward, she's just smiling and gives this look about her as of a seductress. The Bible is correct about her. And she, um, sometimes she laughs when she comes forward and she just, um, you know, she's, she's, she's dominant. And she is coming forward more when the church came about and the, and the gospel had been preached all around the world and stirred her up because she's the queen. She's always thought of herself as that I'm the queen of Israel. 
Well, Jesus said he come for the house of Israel. The house of Israel is the lost tribes of Israel. And so she is just, she's come about and she's just, she's angry because people are, you know, the, the lost tribes are found basically and they're converting to the king, Jesus, and she doesn't like it and she's getting stirred up and more dominantly now because it's the getting closer and closer to the end times and so she's losing her grip on Israel. So she is a type of spirit, she's a seductress, she is a uh, she is just, uh, uses the spirit of witchcraft. I mean, if you, you encounter Jezebel, chances are the spirit of witchcraft is with her, a spirit of seductress, spirit of lust, spirit of adultery. Um, let's see here, what else? Sometimes murder, and sometimes hatred, and she has that kingdom with her. And she just she does not want to let go of that person that she's in and chances are if you are committing adultery you're committing lust you're you're doing things of the occult you're gossiping you are murmuring wanting seeking out to destroy others seeking out to um, you know, manipulate your churches or not necessarily in the church or you're in the paranormal community and you're bashing others. I've seen some exorcists in the paranormal community have Jezebel spirits. I'm not naming names. I'll say that there is a certain exorcist in Kentucky who I've seen who I see has a Jezebel spirit. And usually an exorcist that has a Jezebel spirit or a demonologist, they're going to bash others and play off that they are themselves the authority on all things exorcism. Now myself, I'm not the authority on exorcism. <laughs> I'm, I'm like you. I'm still learning. I'm still open and, and learning, I'm even learning off of other pastors, and I've met people that have taught me that the Holy Spirit has led me to, to hey, you got to learn off this person, and I'm learning. I mean, I would even sit, I would even sit down and learn off of my own apprentices. If they find something new, and it's biblical, it's from God, I'm, I'm all ears. But, you know, it, and for pastors, and for priests, Here's a good example. Women, will, you know, that have a Jezebel spirit, will go up to a pastor and seduce them. And some some pastors find find themselves sleeping with that that woman, and then they will get manipulated by them. Okay, I'll tell everybody in the congregation that you slept with me if you don't do what I tell you to do. And what they'll do is they'll, you know, I want so-and-so in the administration of the church and so-and-so, and the pastor has no choice but to do it. Because otherwise, that, that woman will destroy them. And a lot of pastors have been experiencing that. They'll get manipulated. 
not necessarily by sex, but by some other force. And so that's what this verse is talking about in Revelation. A lot of pastors, even today, are uh, accepting false teaching from somebody in the church. It could be a manipulative religious word, because Jezebel brings in a religious system. When she, she married Ahab, she brought in Baal worship into Israel, and there was a great drought. God stopped that drought, and she killed most of the, the prophets of God. And there was only one prophet that stood out of them all to challenge Jezebel, and it was, the, it was Elijah. And she went even further to dominate Israel by dominating her husband, Ahab, manipulating him. I mean, we read in Kings that he wanted this, Ahab wanted this vineyard that was basically right outside of his palace. And he couldn't get it. And so he went into his bedroom and he sobbed and he got depressed and Jezebel saw this and she went out and basically had the guy killed that owned the vineyard and then Ahab could take the, vi take the vineyard, make a long story short. That's how ruthless she is. And imagine that what she, imagine that physical form of the Jezebel spirit in spirit form and in you. You know, you have you have trouble if you have trouble with pornography. You have trouble with the opposite sex. You're a woman and you are constantly having sex with other guys and you just you know, you you can't resist. Or if you're a guy and you're just you're having sex with women a lot. You're fornicating. You're committing adultery. You know, vice versa. Whatever sex you are, and you are going out and sleeping with the opposite sex, and you just can't get enough sex. Or included or excluded, you are experimenting with the occult. I mean, you have a combination of all these things. You know, witchcraft, sexuality. Um, and you are you are doubling or you're dualiting you're taking on not just Christianity but other areas of the occult and and uh, learning outside of, of Christianity or learning multiple religious systems trying to make up your own chances are you have a Jezebel spirit and you you want to stop. You can't figure out why you can't stop, but yet, deep down, you keep doing it. Chances are you have a Jezebel spirit. If you do, contact me. Or contact a local exorcist that you, you know it's in your area. You know, I'm going to start here soon uh, doing uh, stuff on Skype with people and or Teams or uh, Google Google Duo and start counseling people and having deliverance right online. And you can do that. That's how strong Christianity's faith is. And uh, you know, if 
future podcasts I'll get more into the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, you know even things over the phone do some counseling do some cur- curse breaking and uh, you know the, the object of the objective of exorcism and deliverance is to get free because God has a has a great anointing for you he has a plan for you and demons can hinder, hinder that anointing. You know, you're having trouble trying to find a job. Or you're tr- having trouble trying to improve your finances. You know, demons don't want you to succeed. They want to break you down and ultimately kill you. They want to end your life. They'll do it in means that, you know, a lot of people out there aren't going to understand. And the objective is, you know, God wants a great life for you. He has an anointing for you. But again, living the life of a Christian is hard. Because you got to follow Christ. you got to carry your cross. Which means you're going to get bashed. You're going to get persecuted. When you look at the people, look at the Christians that were over in Egypt not too long ago. They were lined up on the shore, the Coptic Christians over there, they were, some of them were lined up on the shore of the Mediterranean there and beheaded by Islamic extremists. There are plenty of Christians all around the world that are getting persecuted. There are uh, Christians in China being persecuted for their faith. They're having house churches in secret away from the Communist Party eyes. And there are even some Christians here in the United States that are being persecuted as well. The de- de- because demons don't like they don't like it when you're spreading the gospel, and they're going to do everything that they can to try and stop you. I think in deliverance ministry, and the more I I have evangelized, I think I have uh, more. I mean, ever before. When I became a Christian, I didn't see demons. You know, I was pos- I was possessed before I, w- I became a cr- Christian. I suffered demonic possession, and I came out of that, became a Christian. You know, I didn't I didn't experience the the, the, the demonic more than I do do now, being in deliverance ministry and evangelizing because they're trying to stop me. They manifest more when you're doing deliverance ministry. I've, I mean, just recently, when I went up to Michigan Paracon, I sat down with two gentlemen. As everybody was packing up all their stuff at the end of Paracon, and I'm sitting there talking to two gentlemen, and boom, this guy's demon started to manifest out of him as I'm talking to him. Because they 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 want to intimidate the exorcist as much as possible. They want to, okay. The more that we manifest around them, the less likely they're gonna you know they're gonna want to do this type of ministry. And at first, I admit that's what happened to me. That's partially one of many many reasons why I left the deliverance ministry, and I was out of it for six years because they kept manifesting. They kept trying to stop me. They kept, you know, the more exorcisms I was doing, the more more exorcisms on homes I was doing as well, the more that they were manifesting. 
and even manifesting uh, in my home. We see shadows move. I get get pinned on the ground in my in my living room, and stuff move in the kitchen. I had blessed my home. Things would be right, all right, and then after a while again, they would push in, try to try to stop me. It was an invasion out of our home, and it was it was breaking me down. I was getting discouraged. I'm like, okay, and then just as I was seeing family members pass away, and they were just taking taking family members out. I had two family members, two aunts, come down with cancer. And I just instantly started feeling like I was it was my fault because I was in this type of ministry. And so we made the constant conscious decision that I should get out for the sake of my son. Because he was born and I felt the Holy Spirit say, okay, when he's born, you need to take a break. You need to leave and just get away. And ultimately it came down with PTSD. And it's not just me. It happens to a lot of other exorcists. And you go through the chronicles of the exorcists and the Catholic Church and you read them and you'd be surprised how many of them just had to take a sabbatical away from exorcism. Go ahead, talk to exorcists that you know, that you know in your area about that and you'll find out just how surprising it is that a lot of them take breaks like they do. Uh, and I'm back into it because I feel stronger. I'm getting better. I went and got the help. I got humble. And I went to, uh, I went to Scenic, uh, a, a first a counselor. His name is Duane, Mid Michigan Christian Counseling. And I, if you're in the area, I suggest that you go to that place because they're great people. They'll help you out. And now occasionally I go see a psychologist to set me straight, to keep me on the right path, to make sure everything's fine, psychologically and mentally, get my emotions in check as I'm doing this ministry. I know I'm, I'm better, but I still want to see him because, you know, one, he's a great guy. He's also, I believe, is a fan because he said he's bought my books. <laughs> and, uh, he said they're even they're really great too. So I, but uh, which I, I thought was funny that here's here's a psychologist buying an exorcist books, and uh, and he's read them, which I felt felt honored. You know, if you're ever in the area and you need you need counseling, I suggest uh, renewal Christian counseling. And they're they're great people. So it doesn't hurt. I mean, don't get, be so prideful if you're an exorcist. Well, I'm fine. I, I, I don't need any help or anything. Yeah, you're, you're going to need some help. You're going to need as much support as you're, you're going to need in this ministry. You're going to need your family to back you up, pray for you. Uh, when my family and I, we start our day, when my, my, my wife goes to work and takes my son to school before they leave and go out the door we pray when they come home we pray and every time we talk talk and need something we pray pray together as a family 
and you need you're going to need support in your ministry and your church and you know it doesn't hurt to go to people and say hey will you pray for me because i'm i'm doing deliverance ministry and then please add me to your prayer put your prayer list and more people be like oh, oh yeah definitely you know because you know christians most Christians, they don't want to get into the deliverance ministry, but they will pray for those who, who do it. So, look at my notes here. So again, if you feel like you have a Jezebel spirit, go ahead and, and contact me. And we'll get some counseling. We'll get uh, get you into counseling. Get you into um, you know deliverance and inner healing. Because um, you know I, I plan on throughout this this podcast talking about um, other demons as well, not just uh, one by one. But I wanted to start off with the number one, the the, the worst demon of them all, which is Jezebel. And again, she is nasty. And uh, she'll bring about false teaching in the church. She'll try to manipulate you. Oh, it's okay to to go and do this, you know. And and uh, you know, even if you even if you hear voices in your head, contact me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. You know, I'm, not, I'm not on that very much, especially Twitter. Just have a Twitter Twitter account there, and you know it's there to somebody wants to contact me. Um, so yeah, just uh, contact me, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, also go to my website, gphaggard.com. I know it's not much, but uh, there's a contact page, and you can go ahead and and uh, contact me there, and. Uh, Oh, hey, buddy. Sorry, my dog is bothering me while I'm doing this podcast. And um, that's another thing, too, is I want to talk about animals and uh, uh, demonic possession and and demons and stuff, along with animals and how they use animals. Um, I'll read a scripture here from first. 1 Kings 19, 1-21 Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets yeah, this is to set this verse, these verses up what happened was uh, God used God used uh, Elijah, the prophet Elijah that was my dog yawning by the microphone by the way okay go on bud go on um he used the prophet elijah to basically take on jezebel's uh kingdom and that's the that's the same way that you have to approach her when you're doing an exorcism on her because that spirit only 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 responds to authority and power if you don't have those, she's going to kick you in the pants. She's going to break you down. 
and um, you got you know watch out. I mean, I'm serious. Watch out. And so, if you respond like Elijah did, with power and authority, the full full power of God, all authority. I mean, you got to make sure that you're you have fasted. I mean, if you're going through the counseling stage with the victim of possession, your client. And Jezebel comes forward. Okay, put put the demon down. Put the demon down. Stop what you're doing. And walk away. Walk away and plan for an attack. Because if you do anything more and you try and interrogate her to find out how she got in, chances are when you end that counseling session, she's going to go back and she's going to torment her victim more. An experienced exorcist would deal with her right there and interrogate her, you know, an exorcist that is always ready. But you got to prepare for battle. Elijah went back, worked with God on a battle plan, went to Mount Caramel, told Ahab, bring all your prophets about to Mount Caramel. And, Carmel, sorry. There's a big debate in my family about uh, the word Carmel and Caramel. And I say Caramel, and my wife says Carmel. (laughs) But uh, anyway... So, there was uh, basically Elijah challenged Ahab to uh, more likely challenge Jezebel, even though she was back in in, uh, her palace and getting the information of what was happening. She acted like she was surprised over what happened when it started raining, but she knew that, you know, she's one of those type of spirits, like, if it is obvious to her, that God did something, she's going to blame it on one of her gods. The other thing about that, too, is when Jezebel is there, the chances are Mammon is there also. Mammon is a god that is ruling the finances. And that's why people that have a Jezebel spirit and they say, well, I did the occult when I was younger. You know, I did some things. I played with a Ouija board and or some tarot cards or whatever. Um, you know, I found myself, you know, I, I can't resist sex. And, uh, but, yeah, I can't get, get anywhere in life, you know, because my finances are always draining or I just don't, I can't make enough money. I can't get anywhere. Chances are mammon is there. Chances are there's a Jezebel spirit there. So that's some things you need to look for. Um, so basically, to make a long story short, Elijah had called the, uh, well, the, the prophets of Baal tried to call Baal down to call, you know, bring fire down uh, from heaven onto the altar. But it didn't work because demons have to, they like bodies in order to inhabit. And so they, so there was nobody really to light the fire.
so when it was Elijah's turn, he ultimately had uh, called fire down from heaven. It licked all the water off the altar. And uh, once the people of Israel saw that, they knew that God was with them. And, and uh, Elijah ordered everybody to kill the prophets of Baal, and which they did. They killed all the prophets of Baal, and uh, Israel was free. And, uh, and it ultimately led to uh, Jezebel's um, downfall. And when Ahab reported to her about what happened, and we have this in this in First Kings, when Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the, with the sword, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So many so so may the gods do to you to me as more also if I do do not make you your life as the life of, of them by this time tomorrow. Uh, basically she was putting a curse on herself and this this caused her downfall was that she's basically saying that if I don't kill you by tomorrow then may the gods kill me, which is really ridiculous. And if you ever met the Jezebel, Jezebel spirit, she is ridiculous. She's all about herself. She's a narcissist. And she, um, uh, she loves to brag. And so once the interrogation starts, you know, she'll tell you everything. She'll even rat out the other demons that are in, in there. You know that's the that's the that's the nice thing about her when dealing with her. You know she is a strong demon. <clears throat> but if you are you're dealing with her, you interrogate her. How how many others are in there also? Oh, there is so and so and so and so and so and so. And there is basically uh, with demons no with even with her no honor among thieves. Um. Then he was afraid talk about Elijah and he rose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba which which belongs to Judah and left his servant there but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he might die saying it is enough now O Lord Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under the broom tree, and beheld an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And here's an angel making him dinner. He basically wakes up, looks over, gets depressed, and then turns over and sleeps. That's what the Jezebel spirit is going to do to you is once you encounter her, you fight her, and she comes back with a threat or does stuff to your family, your friends, whatever, finances, <clears throat> you're going you're gonna to turn around and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, can't believe what I did. Or, you know, 
God, just take my life. I want to. You're going to get depressed. You're going to feel like you want to commit suicide. Yeah, you're 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 just you're you're not going to want to deal with life anymore. Yeah, she's that tough. She can be. But fortunately, <clears throat> this caused her down down. You know, she basically set out a curse upon herself. Of course, Elijah didn't die, and so basically God took it out on her and and and, ca and caused her downfall and basically knocked her off. The people rose up against her against her, and um, the eunuchs had grabbed her and threw her over uh, the side of the palace onto uh, the courtyard, and and uh, the dogs came and ate her flesh and licked her blood. All that was left of her was pieces of her skull and her hands and feet. And the horses uh, had had uh, had trampled on her body. And so that's another method in which you can break her down. Because when you find a certain demon in a person, and it's important to know their history. Um, some exorcists, when uh, they encounter Lilith, which is another form of a Jezebel spirit, uh, they make Lilith, you know, if you're a, you're a guy and you're an exorcist, they make Lilith bow before you. Because she's a feminist type spirit, and making her bow before a man is going to break her down. You want to break down the power structure of the demonic that is in a person. With Jezebel, you want to call up the the dogs of Jezreel or the horses of Jezreel to stomp on her, to the dogs to eat her flesh. I know it's it's really weird. I know you're saying like what? You can do this kind of stuff to demons? Yeah. If you're a Holy Spirit filled Christian and you're doing deliverance. You can be very imaginative with the demons. And I explain a lot of this in my book, upcoming book, uh, Anatomy of Demonic Possession. Your imagination, your reality, is very important when de doing, doing deliverance against these things. And I'm serious. When you are, like I, like I said before in the, in the last podcast, is when you are a spirit-filled Christian and you can say certain things all you have to do is like say to a demon torment and they start to torment and they, you, can, you can see them in pain if you're in a haunted house and they're hiding you can say aloud I cause torment upon you in the name of Lord Jesus Christ it's that easy. See, the, the problem is, is, and I don't like I don't like bashing the people out there that are that are Catholics, the Catholic Church, but Hollywood and the Catholic Church really lift up demons. This is the biggest problem. They they make them sound like a very very powerful spirits. They're not powerful. They're just manipulative. And they know what they're doing. They have a plan. 
And they've been doing this for thousands of years, and of course, humanity is only lives roughly 92 years. So they know more than you and I do. And it's, also, it's, it's why it's good to have a mentor to go off of, to ask a lot, a lot of questions so you can pass on that knowledge. And if you're an exorcist holding on to, on, on to your knowledge and not passing it on, shame on you. Shame on you. It's important to pass on this knowledge and keep up the battle that's going on for our souls. Because we have an enemy that has perfected his craft. He's out there destroying people's lives, and you're going to keep the, your knowledge? How selfish of you. I'm, that's why I'm doing this podcast. I'm sharing my knowledge with everybody so you can know how to do deliverance. I'm not going to hold it. I'm not going to hold on to it and be prideful. No, I'm, I know eventually, especially when I have my heart attack, that I'm going to die. I'm mortal. I know eventually I'm going to die, and everything that I know is going to be gone. Nobody's going to be able to know it. And what I know can affect demons. It's my anointing. And I want to, I want to know on my deathbed that there's the people that I taught that have listened to this podcast and more have taken on what I know and are using it in their ministries. Now, I'm... Let, let me let me just t- tell you straight up just how bad the Jezebel spirit is. My ministry, as I my course of doing my ministry, there have been people that have come to my ministry to learn what I do, and I found out that they later have a Jezebel spirit. I'm not going to name names, but I'm going to give you examples. For one, there was one lady. Who was who I greatly admired. Don't know why she left my ministry. But she came to me for help, wanted to learn deliverance. She was going to school for sociology. Right out of Lansing. Went on several cases with me that were demonic. That we fought demons together. And I taught her. I'm like, oh man, this is this is great. I'm I'm you know somebody who is really considering what I'm I'm doing and uh, likes this type of ministry, and she can go off and branch off and build her own ministry. This is great. She even came to my house. We had a big old bonfire. She had all these magical books, and she renounced every one of them, and we 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 burn them in the fire. We went on cases together. She was a, a newborn Christian. She had anger issues, which caused me to raise an eyebrow. I'm like, okay, what is this? And it should have tipped me off. And I started finding some emails, some messages where she was trying to manipulate some teachings that I did occasionally. And it also should have tipped me off. And then she was going to have me, she was going to get married, and she was going to have me do the 
do the wedding, and then uh, that got canceled, and then uh, she invited us to the wedding. My wife and I went down, and then we were getting a cold shoulder. You see, Jezebel's come forward when you don't listen to them. You don't start taking consideration for the religious teaching that they, they give. Or they don't uh, make any type of sexual advances. You know, they, uh, you don't accept any of their sexual advances. Which she didn't. Which I really admired her for him. But it doesn't necessarily have to be all of those traits, witchcraft, um, uh, sexual advances, or, 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 uh, or religious teachings. It's just, uh, for her, it was more religious teachings. And she was getting angry that I was accepting them. So then ultimately, got ignored. She went back to Reiki, doing Reiki, and other magical arts like that and stuff, manipulating powers, and she continued on. And, you know, I hope she's doing great. I never said anything bad about her. And she's, you know, I always thought very highly of her, that this is she could be ultimately a, a great deliverance minister someday. And then there was... There was another lady from West Virginia. Ultimately had a Jezebel spirit. Just like this lady of Lansing. Turned around, didn't accept the teachings that I was that my wife and I were teaching. Really got wroth about how we were explaining what the Bible says about homosexuality because apparently somebody uh, that she knew uh, was a homosexual and you know to make a long story short about homosexuality it is a sin see with God there's a level playing field on sin no sin is higher than the other and no Christian should treat, should single out homosexuality. That's the problem in the Christian church, is we're singling out, most Christians are singling out the sin of homosexuality. To God, all sin is equal. You know, you're a murderer, you're no different than, than you know, doing the, the sin of homosexuality. You're a thief, you're no, you're, you're no, you're, you're no different than a sinner that is doing adultery, and so on. Sin is sin to the Lord. And when you become a Christian, you need to try to do your best to put sin away, and abide by the law. Jesus said, if you want to be my friend, keep my commandments. If you want to follow me, keep my commandments. Unfortunately, a lot of a lot of pastors and priests out there are not doing that. You know, I have a big problem with the old Catholic Church. I know one particular exorcist who does gay marriages, and God is against it. Plain and simple, in the Bible. 
in the book of Leviticus, he says, It is abomination. Abomination means extreme hatred for the lifestyle. God loves the person, but hates the sin. So this lady had uh, had left and then started bashing me. And there was two other people, one in Florida, that was bashing me. And then there was another, there was a demonologist who I'd never met, who just plain old didn't like me, doing some sort of blog out there. And I had to tell him I'd threaten him with a lawyer if he didn't stop, which I would have sued him. You know, don't be, don't be afraid to, to take on Jezebel spirits, people with Jezebel spirits, and threaten them like that because they respond with power, like I said, and authority. And it took him, you know, a threatening with a lawyer and it get him to stop and even take down a blog that he wrote about me, which was untrue. Again, I'm not going to name names. And then there is a... A demonologist out of Indiana, I'm not talking to him about Tracy Bacon, because Tracy Bacon is a good friend of mine. And this other demonologist out of Indiana, um, you know, just recently, because of Clay had said, said something, talked about a case on our, on our blog recently, told the other person apparently to sue him. That's not how a Christian acts. It's not. And you know who you are. And if you're listening to this, shame on you. You know what the Bible says about murmuring and gossiping. And you need to stop. You're not being Christ-like. And I know because you have... Been between Ken Deal and I and instigated some things. And in the end, Ken Deal and I started talking and then ultimately became friends. And we knew who the real enemy was. I'm Protestant, he's Catholic, Ken was. You know, got, you know bless his soul, he passed away. And we got together and became friends. Here we are, two guys, Catholic and a Protestant, were battling each other and ultimately came, became friends in the end. That's how you know the church should be. Like I said, I'm, I'm against denomination. I'm a New Testament Christian. And so those are examples of the Jezebel spirit, and that's what's going to happen to you when you get into deliverance ministry. You're going to have people bashing you, gossiping about you to try and get you to stop, saying false things about you. You're going to have uh, people making sexual advances toward you, and you're going to have a lot of people coming to you that have had... Um, uh, 
you know those around you have, uh, manipulate we manipulate you with witchcraft, and it's not necessarily a call; it's just mind control and trying to manipulate your religious system or bring a new one into your ministry or church. You know, it's an enticement. I mean, I think a lot about uh, mentalism, uh, NLP, that kind of thing, hypnosis, um, enticements. You know, those are all forms of witchcraft. I know those because I want to go and, and when I talk to somebody, sit down with them to find out they have a demon, I want to look for those kind of things in that person. And they, they're, you know, they, they can also be a narcissist. And a narcissist is always about themselves. And it is a mental disorder. Narcissism is. And usually, behind that type of, a pra, you know, that type of pride is the Jezebel spirit. If you need a Jezebel spirit, you need to get help. And those people that they're they're probably listening to me there that I just met, I met, just mentioned in my story and might have a course of my ministry what happened to me you know you need help look at yourself in the mirror you know again a lot of a lot of people the Catholic Church has got this idea in people's heads that the demonic is it's got to be extreme in order for it to be demonic. It's got to be a bad case. There's got to be stuff moving around and everything. Let me tell you that. If there's, there's, there's poltergeist activity in a home, I'm going to tell you right now, it's because the demon got that far in power. Spirit upon spirit, upon later upon spirit, to have that kind of power to be able to do something like that. This is all demonic people. They're manipulating you. They're a defeated enemy, and they're in the corner. They're they're defeated, and they're lashing out more than ever. And they're trying to manipulate people as much as possible before the before the time comes. They know their time. Jesus talked to the demoniac of Gadara, and and, uh, and this demoniac. And the demons came out of them and said, Have you come to torment us before the time? They know their time. They know it's drawing near. And this is why the Jezebel spirit has popped up more than ever. We're in the end times, folks. It's The time is drawing near. And there's more demonic activity more than ever. Why do you think you have such a great interest in going and go and... and and doing ghost ghost hunting because more than likely if you have a demon and it wants to get more demons in you so you're going to go ghost hunting it's going to drive you to a place that has demons to try and get more demons in you so they can break you down even more and that's one of the things that's going on too is exorcists are experiencing ghost hunters paranormal investigators and having to help them with their demons. And if you're a ghost hunter, you're a paranormal investigator, and you are 
you know you have demons, you're hearing those voices, you're, hear, you're seeing the signs, you're struggling, you don't know why, come and see me. We'll have a chat. We'll get them out of you. So my time is, is uh, drawing close on this this podcast, and I wish I could uh, I should I could talk more. Um, but I encourage you to go and and study more about the Jezebel spirit. And like I said, in future podcasts, we'll talk about more of the generalized spirits out there. Where we'll talk about the Lucifer spirit. Lucifer spirit. It's found mostly in. Uh, and Freemasons. Yeah, if you're a Freemason, and uh, yeah, you got you got some issues, you got some stuff going on. If you've been, you know that you had a grandfather or or somebody in your family that's been Freemasonry or the Eastern Star. Yeah, come see me. More than likely, you got a demon, generational curse going on. We'll do some curse breaking. It'll pop up. And your eyes will open. Uh, we'll talk about that spirit. We'll talk about Lilith more. We'll um, we'll talk about Leviathan. You know, the Bible talks about this creature that uh, lived a long time ago in this in the ocean, and uh, how that type of uh, imprint, that archetype, had come about. And uh, we'll talk about Leviathan. Uh, we'll talk about. A lot of the other uh, demons out there that, uh, you know, we'll discuss also why it seems like exorcists are encountering a specific demon and then some, you know, they'll pop up in another person somewhere else. You know, it's not always this, you know, the, the, there's not just one demon with one name. They like to split off. We'll talk about the whole splitting off and, how they, how they and how they uh, manipulate the future generations like that? Yeah. We'll we'll open up this can of worms and we'll open it right up and we'll we'll I'll expose everything that the demonic does. All the sec- all their secrets. The Holy Spirit has led me to and and uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Even we'll even talk about the temple so that you understand the uh, new temple. Uh, the human body, you know, even uh, give some information about uh, from my book, Anatomy and Demonic Possession, because it's important to know the temple, the workings of the temple, and uh, how it works. Like I talked to you before, the abomination of desolation is a great example of demonic possession and how it works and what we need to do to get, get the demon out and what we need to do to get... Uh, the person free and we even talk about how the the law works the law is very important in deliverance ministry to get that person to have a solidified faith so that the person can get free and the demon will ultimately have no choice but to leave so we'll talk about that also Again, if you're listening to on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and like this and well, smash that like button.
smash it. And uh, hit the bell also so that you get a notification on a new podcast. And I apologize for their periodic podcasts. I get them done when I can because I'm very busy uh, with uh, theology, teachings, ministry, and my present job, and my family. My family comes first. So, And uh, this is, sorry to say, way down below on my uh, to-do list. So... My son is more, very important to me, and uh, keep him, um, keep him protected. So, have a great day, and uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and uh, we thank you for you, your Holy Spirit, and your Son Jesus Christ. Ultimately, Lord, that uh, those who have listened to this podcast and about the Jezebel spirit. And uh, feel a, uh, an anger in themselves that is not theirs. Uh, help them to realize that they need uh, help in their life. They get that inner healing that they need, that counseling that they need to get rid of the Jezebel spirit. We ask, Lord, that you will smite the Jezebel spirit, cause torment upon him. And to keep all Jezebel spirits away and uh, put them on notice that there's exorcists that are rising, coming out to go after them. We ask the Lord for protection from the, whole, from, uh, the Jezebel spirit and, and her kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for your protection, your guidance, and for your love, and for helping us through the healing that we need. Against the evil spirits and the, and the vile wickedness that they do to our minds. Please protect us and send us angels to protect us from, from demons, protect our lives and our family. Cover us, Lord, with your protection. In Jesus' name, amen. been listening to the exorcists podcast a production of haggard enterprises 2021